life, we make all kinds of connections from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and uh, welcome to Things Worth Considering. We like to uh, take a look at connections. Connections is important to us and it definitely leads into tonight's topic. Uh, the ones that we make, the ones that we miss, <laughs> most importantly, the connections that we have with ourselves. Um, hopefully we'll give you some ideas tonight to uh, ponder and perhaps put into action. I'm your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Alexia Georgiousis. She's a naturopathic doctor. And, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about... <gasps> we'll have to wait for that. Uh, <laughs> we are live if you would like to uh, join in on our conversation. Uh, you can get us uh, toll-free at 1-888-346-9141, and that's from anywhere in North America. So the show is based on connections, what, when, how, the places we connect to. However, there's a proverbial elephant in the room. The pandemic has made it even worse uh, that very few people will speak of. And yet, it is actually reaching pandemic proportions on its own. It's worldwide, also, which is why it's <laughs> pandemic. Um, it affects all age groups, genders, socioeconomic groups, and professions. It has an impact on our health, in fact, on our longevity. Um, it's deemed to be as detrimental to our overall well-being, such a, in, in the same way as obesity, a sedentary lifestyle, smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Do you know the elephant's name? I do. Yeah. Why don't you say it? Loneliness. Loneliness. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. It, it is. It huge. really is. And it is an elephant in the room, you know. Uh, no one no one talks about it. You know? No one I don't think anyone wants to talk about it because it's as if it seems that it's somehow trivialized. And I'm not sure why. It's as if it's not quite important or uh I, I don't know i'm not I'm not really sure, but I do find that that you know some people are aware of it, but it, if it is touched on, it's just very quickly dismissed or oh yeah, you know that like you feel that and it's it's not it's really stigma. given much attention it, you're right, you're right, yet it's killing us yeah it's oh I think us. so it's yeah. contributing for sure because you know longevity and vitality as human beings we're social. We need to have interaction. We need to have, as you said, connection. And when we feel isolated and lonely, it can lead to very serious physiological and also Psycho. uh, emotional, psychological, which it's all, it all becomes a big ball of illness, essentially. Yep, yep. absolutely. Absolutely. Let's want to just define a couple of things here. Um, that there, you know, there's a difference between being alone and, and loneliness, uh, and the same as loneliness and isolation. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's important to, to differentiate those. You know, when we go, yeah. for some of us, you know, we need to take that time to be alone. We go off on our own, you know, some of our best ideas, we recharge, we are creative, you know, 
Uh, we don't hate everybody. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's, uh, the thing is that it's a choice, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whereas, you know, um, uh, isolation now is a little bit different, uh, but there's a choice as to having gotten involved in how we are cut off from people. Yeah. Right? Again, yeah. it's different than loneliness. They're two, two things, but they can certainly arrive hand in hand. So, for instance, if you had a job, if you're military and you're overseas, and, you know, you're not seeing your family or being able to connect with them. Uh, when someone is really ill and they have an infectious disease and they go to the hospital, what do we do? We put them in isolation, you know. Uh, so so there, there are places that, you know, uh, the, these are like physical conscious things that, you know, are happening uh, to us. Loneliness, mm-hmm. though, is a very subjective experience. Yes, and, and you can be alone but not feel lonely. Oh, my God, yes. You yeah, know, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and in fact, you know, uh, interestingly, you know, I mean, this is going to go all the way through it. There's such a paradox here in these two. There's a duality that one, you know, you can go off on your own and be alone and not feel lonely, but you can be lonely and you go off on your own. Yeah. And you can right? be lonely Which, among a group of people. Oh, you can be lonely and married. Yes. Absolutely, in relationship, definitely. Absolutely. That's one of the most painful places to be. I, I, I agree, 100%. You know, it's Absolutely. a terrible, terrible yeah. experience. Um, you know, because you don't know what to do with that. Like, you know, you're supposed to be with someone. So when we look at all of this research, and I mean, I've gone through, you know, a lot, a lot of research in this field, um, you know, because of my, my interest in elders, you know, mm-hmm. and so on. Um, interestingly, they are not the people that are most affected. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's the millennials. Mm. And Gen and Jed, uh, Generation Z. Gen right. Z. Right. The Generation those are the, Z. Yeah, those are the two groups. Uh, and then we come to older people, you know. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it was kind of really through me, you know. But then, you know, when I thought back to being a teenager, God, that took a long time. I had to almost get hypnotized <laughs> and take it back. Like, that was like an age regression um, <laughs> to, to do it. But it was like, yeah, I can remember growing up feeling mm-hmm. lonely, you know, mm-hmm. like just that whole thing of uh, where do I fit in, finding that group of people, your friends, your, you know, who's as crazy or, you know, rockers or whatever you are, you know, uh, and finding that. And it's, it's a very lonely if your parents moved a lot. You know, I went through quite a few schools and it was like, you know, September, we have to start all over again meeting people. It's really funny. I'm in schools <laughs> now meeting all of the students again every, you know, every year. Uh, that was such an angst for me growing up, mm-hmm. going to all these mm-hmm. different schools. So um, my youngest brother, he went even more than I did. I, I was kind of shocked me when he told me. But um, it is common amongst kids, you know, and it's about that fitting in. It's about where do I belong and in our perception of, you know, not fitting in or not finding the right people or whatever really, really feeds that loneliness. Oh, yeah. I, I think that all of this is revealing how, what it means to belong. And, and with the younger generations who have basically been kind of born into this world of technology it's a, a very external way of connecting. And I yes. remember speaking to a friend of mine, um, and he was telling me that he was out hiking with his nephew, and 
his nephew was, I don't know, maybe 17 or something. And his nephew decided to post something while they were on their hike. And uh, he said he noticed that his, his nephew's mood shifted. And he was like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, nobody liked my post. And then, you know, two hours went by or whatever, you know, who knows how, what their connection was like. And then he looked again and he had all these likes and his nephew's mood just shifted and all of a sudden he was happy again. And I think that also is potentially very dangerous where it starts to be, oh, I, they like me or, or I'm approved of. And, and this also ties into this sense of isolation and loneliness, you know, right. in terms of acceptance. Because when you're with your family and you feel lonely or you're in a relationship and you feel lonely, then it is really takes a, a deep awareness to start to recognize that, wait a minute, it might not be that there's something wrong with me, because I think that's what happens is often people will turn into self-critics and be oh. something's wrong with me. Right. Instead of just saying, how, okay, how I'm feeling this. This is very uncomfortable. And then I know we're going to talk about this later in the show around how do we help ourselves when we feel so lonely. Right. You know, that's a, it's a, exactly the same that can occur with people with depression. Is the self-criticism, the being very hard on ourselves, not fitting in, not belonging. Uh, those, are, those are all very, very common experiences. You know, so, you know, is it any wonder? And again, here's this, you know, sort of dichotomy of the, the loneliness, and it's, it, it very, very easily slides into depression and anxiety, you know. Uh, in fact, anyone who has ever, you know, pretty much had, you know, uh, severe depression will know that there's like the, the that agoraphobia of not leaving. Mm -hmm. You don't want to leave your environment, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People think of, oh, you know, staying in bed and putting the covers over your head 24 hours or whatever. No, it's an actual anxiety and angst of the thought of stepping out that door. Yeah. So, you know, we've got this loneliness piece going on here and then another piece that is uh, uh, almost reinforcing our isolation. Yeah, absolutely. And it's two sides of the same coin. It's, it's often that's where it's like someone may feel that, well, I, I'm, I'm suffering from depression, but they're not seeing this other part of the anxiety. And I think with even the language of, you know, oh, you have to isolate and stay isolated. And we know that loneliness was, was creeping around for a long time. And now this has just been something that it's kind of exploded on a, yeah, on a and huge I think the level. pandemic, you know, it's like one more thing that pandemic has, you know, <laughs> given us, you know, to look at, you know, but nobody's talking about it really. You know? Nobody's really talking about it. I think that there's, there's, um, you know, I, w I was reading something briefly before the show and it, and I, I'm not sure who it was, but it was basically these two gentlemen that were saying that what, what helps loneliness is really loud music. And I, I thought it was kind of interesting because I think that when there's such silence, that uh, we can either embrace that and go, wow, it's so silent, or it can feel like it's really, it's too much. I, I was talking to a friend of mine who was, at, um, yeah, who was at her cottage and said, it's so quiet here, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. 
And again, that's a heightened nervous system that shows that the nervous system is just basically sparking and it cannot relax. And again, it's not, it's not, uh, independent from the wholeness but it it shows that it's our thoughts it's the it's the accumulation the accumulation of of basically stress that shows up in the body and then it ends up affecting every aspect of our well-being yeah 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 well it it um you know when we when we stop feeling safe then we're in this heightened sense of you know hypervigilance and people are living in this hypervigilance. And of course, we jump at anything, we, you know, ready to fight. Uh, people are crazy when, you know, this, and it's this hypervigilance because people stopped feeling safe a long time yeah. ago. And, there, and there's a lot of, and going with the hypervigilance and the, and the reactivity, there's a lot of anger and irritability and fatigue. And, and also, you know, feeling lonely, I think, starts to feel very, um, depleting and it, oh, and it's yeah. just that sense of nourishment but again are there people who are enjoying this absolutely sure. there are lots of people that feel very comfortable in terms of being able to have limited social or whatever it is but but it <clears throat> it's that sense of what happens when you've you've reached a limit then what well you know I, that's really what you're seeing then sort of that de-escalation of, you know, of mental health. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, one of, one of the things in order for us not to reach that point is we have all of these compensatory behaviors. You know, I mean, this is such perfect C, uh, CBT stuff, you know, in terms of yeah. what are you feeling? What are you thinking? Right. Right. What are you doing? And then what are you doing? You know, I mean, uh, the, you know, the province can tell us, you know, the state, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, that alcohol consumption is way up. We, well, yeah. You know, for starters, uh, we know that men are much more likely to, uh, uh, you know, go to some sort of substance use um, because they're not going to talk about this. No. And, and someone just told me that there are almost the same number of cannabis stores in Toronto that there, uh, as there are Tim Hortons. <laughs> Sorry, I just did. That's Yeah. Well, well and again, <laughs> And, coffee and, or cannabis? What will it exactly, be? Coffee, exactly, exactly. Coffee, tea, or me? But, it used to be. Right? But it, it going back to compensatory behaviors, and and you know, with CBT, it's also an, an opportunity around this is mindfulness, this is awareness, this is how do you identify with the sense of self and who's feeling this emotion? Because what I see in practice is that it's giving the self permission to actually feel something without the narrative. You know that the That's emotion is here. But it doesn't mean, you know, whatever stories are there. But it's been very, the very challenging. Is, the stories top, stop us from feeling. Yes. You know, yes. Might, we might tear the, or something. Well, but, but that narrative, one, has already been altered a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, because other we really can't deal with this, especially if there's trauma involved. You know? Well, I think the story feeds into uh, the... the um, the feeling, but tell me what you mean around that. This, the, the story, uh, the narrative that basically stops the feeling. What do you mean well, by that? Um, we we alter our real, our truths. You know, uh, our experiences. We augment this. We take away from here. We, you know, whatever. That uh, it can still say, "Wow, this was hor really bad, terrible." I might tear telling the story, 
but I don't really feel it. You can't feel and talk at the same time. People you don't who think are, so? Are, I wonder. I wonder about that. I think that people who I are think... incessant talkers, it's so they don't feel anything. Oh, that well, that makes a lot of sense. Yes, because that you're not breathing. That makes a lot of sense to me. For starters, you're not breathing. You know, we really feel when we stop in that moment and breathe. And you know what? The the breathing is very highly linked, especially when you intentionally breathe and slow down your breathing. It will basically turn the parasympathetic nervous system on, which is to relax. Right. Because you're giving the brain the message that I can slow down. There's no urgency. There's no danger. Right. That's right here. Guard down a little bit. Yeah, but that's yeah. interesting about the um, non—you know—incessant talkers. Talkers. Oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, okay, stop just a sec, take a breath. No, no, no talking. What are you feeling right now? You know, like, blah, blah, blah. and then it, there, you know, it has to be then, and this narrative tries to come out in order to explain that, uh, and it's kind of like, wow, if if we sat with it, a feeling might come out. But most of us don't want that. Hence, we have these compensatory feelings. Or afraid of it. Afraid of it. Oh, right. terrified of it. Yeah. Terrified of it. And we think, you know, what we always have to remember is we've already lived through it once. It won't be worse. It can't be worse because it's already in the past and we're, you know, we've lived through it. We are going to live now through some commercials. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Things Worth Considering and we will be back in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for The Power of Young People to Change the World, hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info 
at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, We are talking about the elephant that we have named loneliness. Uh, Big subject. You know, I think that for many of us in North America, uh, I know here in Ontario, uh, the isolation that was created with the elders in in, uh, long-term care facilities that were totally cut off. Uh, You know, the families were cut off. That was absolutely, absolutely one of the most horrific things I ever watched. You know, mm-hmm. and the, and just the sheer numbers, you know, uh, and and I think the, the the same thing is starting to happen again in not here so much in uh, Alberta or something, and it's just like, don't we learn anything, you know, uh, you know, and this is why this idea of the compensatory behavior is so important because, in order not to feel, we just simply go from A over to Z over to C over to D, you know. We could just keep moving so that we don't have to experience this stuff. No. It, it'll kill us, but we don't yes. have to experience it, you know, between yeah. the cigarettes, the booze, the fast cars, fast women. You know. <laughs> and fast men. And fast men, you know. Uh, well, it's, I think that it's, a, it's a, again, a, re- a reflection of how the pandemic is revealing so many gaps and so many needs of how do we learn to appreciate people in case we never see them again? Or how do we uh, have an awareness of feeling like living, you know, that sense of, of living as if you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But we, we kind of tune out, we've become generally quite dull and, and dulled our essence of, of awareness. And that's where the robotic nature comes, where the compensatory behavior, you know, reaching for alcohol or work or sex or whatever it is. All and, of the above. And distraction. Yeah. Because then you're, so you're a sex worker. Right. And but but it's also yeah. your your whole mind doesn't doesn't allow stillness. It doesn't allow a pause. It doesn't allow for quiet because as you said it's uncomfortable to feel what's here. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, I mean, I mean, television, you know, we're, we're, the, we're from the TV land. You know, we grew up in front of television, right? You know, and the, what's the first thing? I we mean, didn't really. Biggest... We had to take television, but, but my parents were relatively, you know, aware of how much television we were watching. Oh, you, the immigrant people just knew so much more than the locals. <laughs> Sit here and watch the commercial, or watch the, watch the cartoons. You know, and uh, you know, so it was almost like a babysitter. It was the mm-hmm. other adult in the room because it would keep yeah. us like occupied. But I, I uh, see that. I see that, especially for single parents. I get that. If you're, you know, it's like, oh, it's they don't, you know, screen time, even if it's exactly. on an iPad or something, right? But that single person, you know, or the single parent comes home themselves. Oh one yeah. Of the first things they do is they'll flip on the television. You know, well, and again, this goes it's into stop being lonely. Our our society with the <clears throat> millions that were spent on, you know, this election, for example, oh. wow, could we have used all this money in different ways to actually support people in a way that is helping them with, you know, going into back to school or healthcare workers or... How about a vacation you know, for me in Florida with a new mask? <laughs> yeah, well, and and exactly, and and also helping colleges, helping things that are supporting people to stay healthy. Yeah, to yeah. actually promote their health and wellness, as opposed to stroking someone's ego. 
Well, as opposed to saying, oh, yeah, get all the alcohol you want and all the pot you want and just zone out. Yeah. And there's, you know, I mean, it sounds very judgmental, but it, it's easy to zone out with that. Just it like is. you can binge watch can... anything, right? Anything. Yeah. Well, we've been, that's what we've been taught, though. Exactly. That's, that's where it's taught. time to go, wait a minute. How do we shift in terms of becoming our own leaders of our own lives? Still being, you know, in the terms of, okay, I'm responsible for my health. I'm responsible for my choices. Right. And there's consequences. And it doesn't mean also that it's a quick fix, because that's the other thing, is that loneliness, I think, I don't think it happens quickly. Well, it's, it's very cumulative. If you read some of the, the reports, is that it's, it has a very a cumulative effect on our bodies. Oh, yeah. You know, as, yeah. As we, you know, the longer we go and the more intense that the experience of loneliness is, then, you know, the greater likelihood we're going to be doing, you know, not only depression and anxiety, but there's a good chance of suicide, uh, suicidal yeah. ideation and possibly yeah. suicide. And I, and I believe that, again, it goes, that's why I think animals are so wonderful for people to share their lives with, whether it's cat or dog or bird. or I feel a bit bad for birds in cages inside, personally, but I think that it's, it's, it's just having another life being. But plants can do that. I mean, look at, you have wonderful plants, right? Yeah, but they don't go to bed with me. <laughs> the orchids just stab me because of their spikes. Um, but you know what? I mean, there's certainly been so uh, you know so many studies that have been done that shows you know what happens to someone's uh, uh, blood pressure. Mm-hmm. You know when they when they pet a dog. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Respiratory rate drops. Their blood pressure drops. Their, yes. You know all of these me- you know metabolic uh, functions and. And it's like, wow, you know, so like one of the things that really pissed me off, you want to talk about being pissed off about elections, is in this building I live in, this, this condo, yes. is they don't allow dogs, but they allow everyone to have cats. And I can't have a cat. I love cats, but I can't have them. Because I'm a little too allergic to them. Right, you know. right. Uh, but they won't allow dogs. But they will not allow dogs. They will not allow service dogs. You know, and I, I feel like, you know, I want to get up and say, you know, you're killing people in this building. You know, that's why we're always grouchy, you know, but they don't say, well, we have our cat, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> really. Uh, Fish. You know, because don't forget, in, in Ontario, tenants are allowed to have. Yes. Uh, they can have whatever they want. Yes, basically. yes. But it's because it's a condo. It's a right. corporation. It's, it's, and is it is it because it's owned? It's not a. It's owned. It's owned. Therefore, it doesn't fall under the provincials. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Right. They can't override the rules of the right, of private right. ownership. Yeah. 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 Well, so personally, I, I think that that you know other things that can then sort of help with loneliness. I tried goldfish, and they just don't like being pet. Yes. No. 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 I heard a funny story once of someone who. Um, I can't remember, but anyway, it was something where her, the, the child didn't really understand that the fish don't do well when they come out of the tank. And it's it's like, yeah, you know, when you keep taking them out, they're not going to do so well. But I, that's that's what you're going to, you know, little kids don't really understand that, right? Well, no, exactly. Exactly. You know, one of the things, too, with, you know, loneliness, and we, we, talk, we talked about depression so on, that people who live alone and have you know, are suffering from loneliness, have a 56% increase in their probability of developing dementia and Alzheimer's disease. 
That's shocking. That's actually shocking to me because, but it makes sense. And again, it's the you idea talk of, to yourself all the time. Well, talk, talk to yourself. I talk to my orcas all the time over here. <laughs> yeah, and and you need some interaction and change yeah. because when you're when you when you're watching movies or you know whether it's Netflix Prime whatever it is that there's no um, sort of interaction. I am curious about you know if people are playing solitaire or other games if that somehow helps because you know there, I don't know enough about sure. the research around it things distracts. like sudoku and but I have ants that are in their late 80s and early 90s mid 90s who they can do sudoku like no tomorrow it's really? unbelievable like level 3 the hardest level whatever it is yeah, that yeah, yeah. they can just whip it out and just do sudoku no problem amazing it's amazing yeah, and i i don't know what that sudoku. is Pardon me? I'm terrible at Sudoku. Oh, I, I can get into it sometimes, but it's not really my thing. I'd much rather play thing. music. Like a thing for okay. loneliness, I find music is very helpful for people. I enjoy music. Dance, and dance actually is shown to be very helpful to prevent dementia. Yes, yeah. It's, it's that whole thing of keeping it going. Yeah, and it's also, it helps the brain because suddenly you're, you're, you're moving and you have music that's that's a vibration that's very very healing and then yeah. you're moving your body a certain way but you have to develop these pathways that maybe haven't been used in some time or new pathways new pathways yeah and and that to me is really um fantastic so the good thing is is that having the accessibility when someone has a a, a computer and they have a screen to be able to just watch something and participate over Zoom or whatever other platform to move their bodies in sync with something. But it's, again, yeah, yeah. it doesn't beat, you know, it's about, a, I think we have to learn how adaptive we are and trust that as human beings, we are very adaptive and we need to trust that. Well, you know, uh, Darwin said it's not survival of the fittest, it's survival of the most adaptable. Well, yes, and Darwin apparently actually stole his information from a much well a much less well-known researcher and I don't recall the name and Darwin sort of took this guy's material and then became quite famous with his with his really uh, yeah it's very Get it's very in here I, I know and I, I don't recall the name of the guy who who actually was supposed to be credited I with I haven't heard that before yeah yeah it's really? uh if you're interested it's on a, a show called um uh, Inner Evolution by Bruce Lipton, and he talks oh, about yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought it would be like a game show. Let's discredit <laughs> Einstein. <laughs> well, there's all sorts of things coming out. Like, remember when we learned about the misappropriation of the, of the, from the Blackfoot um, First Nations people with it was Maslow's uh, hierarchy, that that was mm. actually coming from the, the, uh, the uh, teepee and the panels of life, and Maslow took it. Right, without crediting where it was supposed to be, where it was originating from, from the Blackfoot Indians. Right, right. right. So, um, but anyway, that aside, let's let's look at this loneliness that is there. And I think, I think I'm noticing a real um, sort of silence, a quietness at, at night, in the morning, in the day. I find if I go out, and when I go out, people are a little bit irritable with the road traffic. There's a lot of irritability. Um, there's a lot of impatience. and I, I can and feel it. Yes. It's not that anybody's acting it out, but like when I get on the subway, because I'm, I'm pretty right. sensitive, and it's like, 
uh, I want off of this thing. You know, it's just like, it's almost crushing sometimes. You know? Yeah, and what's dangerous when, it, it is crushing, that's a very good way for it. And and what's dangerous is that when we become, you know, so disconnected from life and feeling grief or loss or loneliness, that you when you go into apathy, apathy mm-hmm. is extremely dangerous. Yep. You know, when I see clients that are apathetic, it that's where, okay, things are going to start showing up because there's no will or desire or feeling of joy. There's just nothing. It becomes very, very empty. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, there's lethargy. no feeling. There's no compassion. There's, there's, there's no compassion. It's like I'm just going to walk over someone in the street or I'm going to just, you know, I don't care that somebody's getting, you know, hate crimes. That They don't care. No, no. Uh, they care to the point of uh, I'm not getting involved. No, uh, and that's really, you know, I mean, that's very much a, uh, can be a very depressive uh, uh, behavior, but it's, it's when we disconnect and we pull out of our life. Yes. You know, uh, but you can feel that sometimes, you know, people at work, they, they, they've disconnected, they're not there, you know, right. or you can, or you go and you uh, talk to a salesperson, you know, in a retail shop or something. Yes. You know, they don't really give a rat's ass <laughs> about what you, you know, what you're looking for or, you know, uh, that's like that, that classic, uh, uh, scene out of Pretty Woman where she, uh, she goes in and they're very rude to her, uh, which is shopping on Rodeo Drive and she goes back, you know, all now, all made up. She looks like, you know, she's a knockout and they said, she, she goes by her and says, do you work, do you work on commission? And she said, yes. She said, bad mistake. Huge. Because <laughs> <laughs> she goes somewhere else about all this clothes, right? Right, and, right. Uh, because the woman was just totally, she wasn't interested in connecting. I, and it's just a great uh, sort of little slap in the face there. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, but it's how we disconnect from people. Well, disconnect know? not just from people, but I think we've, this is, you know, I've, I've been doing some reading around, you know, how this becomes in our our whole humanity for many, many years has been suffering from collective soul loss. And the collective soul loss is really a disconnection from being alive. What does it mean to be alive and connected to nature and seeing that we have this enlivened or innate wisdom in us, but we, we, we don't know how to tap into it. And we, we have, a, we don't have the tools or this, and instead, that's when we are reaching out, and then we feel completely abandoned, or whatever the layers that are coming there. So, how do we reconnect so that we can move? And that's why I like music, or animals, or nature, right. all of these things, laughter, anything, dance, you know, that's they going to help us. You know, Pardon me? They just inhibit us. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, when you're, when you're talking, I just really believe that, you know, uh, no one taught us how to love life. We, we've grown mm. up surrounded by people who are afraid to breathe deeply yeah. and take a step out into the great wild yonder and, oh, you might get hurt. Oh, you might fall down. You might, you know, I mean, what if, what if, what if, what if is, is probably, that should be our tattoo, <laughs> you know, <laughs> is what if I had a really good time? You know, someone will find a way to put it down, you know. Exactly, exactly. And that's, this is where this aspect of recognizing and feeling or embodying 
what does it mean to be alive? And what does life really mean? And what are we, like every time I look on- That's what the pandemic is telling us. Telling us. But look at, we still see how to get millions quickly, how to make billions. And I know you've said this before, and the Dalai Lama says this, right? We don't need more billionaires in the world. We need more conscious people. More conscious people, more storytellers, more healers, more... Yeah. yeah. Imagine if we were evaluating success based on someone's level of, you know, people's level of consciousness or not a competition, but just going, that's what it means to be successful. This is what it means. And I mean, someone, I don't know, to me, it's someone that has found a way to actually know how to step into life. Most, yeah, I most like that. of our behavior is stepping away from possibilities yeah. in life, you know. Not, again, it's not using, you know, it's not like you stepped away from this job or, or you know, something like that. But it's actually that breath of life. It's, we're not living that life. That's no. our loneliness. Right. That's our frozenness. Right. And I have contended all along, you know, the pandemic when they announced it and the shutdown, it, everybody's froze. We froze. Well, frozen we react. Were a lot frozen. of people react, went into reactivity. Well, they did. They did. You know. But but all you're seeing is the way we already were. That's what's come to the surface, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. It's, it's not, this isn't a new action reaction. No. This is something that is now highlighting what it's like and what that looks like not to be able to be alive. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know, and that's why my work in, in you know, with, with uh, you know, near, near death and, and so on is that until we can embrace death, we'll never embrace life. Oh, absolutely not. If you can imagine, if you live with that awareness that this might be my last day, oh, then yeah, you I, celebrate. I've had people go, oh, I've already tried that. It doesn't work. <laughs> you know what we need to try? We need to try having a commercial. lighten up okay Uh, we'll be back in two minutes right after these commercials Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker if you have Alexa or Google Home go ahead and give us a try hey Alexa play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. 
Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. We are talking about loneliness, and uh, actually, this year, the United Nations, it is their decade of healthy aging began. Uh, goes until uh, 2030. Uh, well, I guess it's nine years, but they're calling it a decade. Uh, so but, that's interesting. What, what um, I, I'm curious, do you know much more about that around well, what it, prompted it, them it, to? It, what prompted them was a whole lot of studies. It was beginning to show that like upwards of 34% of older people, whether it was in China or in the United States, or in India, uh, uh, regions of Europe. In other words, it wasn't specific to, to you know, uh, just America or something. Uh, yeah. Were were 34%, that's a third, were suffering from loneliness. You know, yeah. in terms of them doing, you know, studies or, or, or whatever. People yeah. in institutions, it's even higher. Oh, I believe that. I believe I, that, for sure. I, it's got to be at like 50, 60%, you know. Yeah. Um, the fact that they recognize that uh, social isolation and loneliness shorten older people's lives and it damages their mental and physical health, their mm-hmm. quality of life. You don't have a quality of life if you're lonely. No, and I think that at any age, as, as we were saying with the younger generations, that I think it's really hard for teenagers to, you know, really hard. I mean, I I didn't love my teenage years personally, and I think no. that... A lot of teenagers, that aspect of fitting in and feeling that you belong and whatever it is, that that it ends up being really difficult. And teens, if they, if again they don't have the the tools, and there's so much social media pressure, I think that becomes really hard, really hard. There's so much parental pressure. Well, parental and and the you know there you know there's so much on, that's available. But sorry, whether it's real or imagined, you know, yeah. there's the pressure of how do I need to be, and this is this is a life and death situation. Growing up, how do I need to be to continue to be part of this group? We call it a family, but it's a group. It's very tribal. Very tribal, you know? yes. Because for to be sure. thrown out of the tribe means no food, no protection. You know, you're going to freeze. You're going to yeah. starve. Um, so it's very, very threatening. For very, the idea very. of being, you know, possibly thrown out. So, in in our minds, then somehow we have to figure out what do they want, and what do I have to do, in order to stay there. Yeah, and how do I have to be? How do I? I can't be myself. I can't be or myself. Whatever so, it is. So, what happens to an LGBTQ kid? Mm-hmm. They get thrown out of mm-hmm. the house because mm-hmm. Jesus said something. Yeah, Jesus didn't even come by the house to say anything. Right. Right. You know, I mean, sorry, there's sarcasm there. But yes. When I, when I have to look out my window and see kids in the park, 
yeah. you know, yeah. that I know are gay yeah. and were thrown out simply because they were gay? Yeah. Are you kidding me? What kind of parenting is that? It's not. It's not parenting. It's, it's you know, it's, it's very, it, it's, it's just so many layers there. And, so many and layers, I know, I won't touch it. So many layers. But they're very lonely, those kids downstairs. Oh, they've I lost, bet. They've lost their barometer, which was their family. Yeah. You know, I mean, eventually we move over to our friends. You know, I mean, that's that whole thing of separation and, you know, everything that goes on with us. But, you know, they need to go through it as they go through it naturally with ages, you know, right. not because dad, you know, is too ashamed to have a gay daughter. Right. You know? Right. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. Yeah. And, and going, you know, speaking to your point around the, the um, healthy aging, I was at a conference online um, a couple of weeks ago, and one of the presenters was talking about menopause and, and what happens with grandmothers. And apparently, and I'm paraphrasing, so I'm not quite sure if I have it 100% accurate, but basically grandmothers, it's been shown that having a grandmother for a child, especially a, a young girl or young children, yeah. actually promotes their well-being. So when women, you know, a lot of women don't like menopause and they're, they, they, they hate whatever it is about their menzies and then when they're, they're relieved when it stops. But, and they don't like the idea of aging. Mm. You know, we see that all the time, more commonly in women for sure than men, right? That right. I, you know, I don't want wrinkles, I don't want gray hair, whatever. But the grandmother, the idea of the grandmother, I think also shows in society, what does that mean for people? And now showing that it actually does help the the grandchildren having a grandmother that mm. is part of the family. And it's really an opportunity for shared wisdom. And of course, this is individualized. We know there are lots of people who had, you know, terrible parents or terrible grandparents. And so it's not the same for everyone. But I think that, again, it goes back to how do we value the elders and realize that they have a place and it's important for everyone, not just for them. It's important for the younger generations as well. Oh, you know, there's no question about it. There's no question about the influence that it had for me, you know, because uh, one grandparent lived with us for like 14 right. years, you know. Wow. Uh, and then the other one took me to church all the time. So uh, both of them were like wonderful in their own way, you know. But, you know, I think what's interesting when I've, when, you know, studied and looked at this is that, you know, grandparents don't have the same angst that as parents have. Right. They've already made it. They yes. own their house. They've got their savings. They've got their pension coming in. They don't give a rat's ass. They don't care what you think. You know, whereas, you know, our parents, when we were young, think of, uh, you know, they had the same angst that we would have, we yeah. have or would have yeah. had uh, of paying the mortgage and making sure that, you know, yeah. there's a job and they're dealing with bosses or your dad is and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then the grandparent comes in and they're like, la, 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 nice day to go to the garden. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're typically Grandma! happier. And, and, and here, do you want some chocolate? Like, exactly, <laughs> it's like, exactly. sure, you could have ice cream for breakfast, right? <laughs> exactly. My one grandmother was always like sliding money into my hand, you know. She couldn't yeah. afford it, but yeah. it was like, here, yeah. here, you know, here, here, take yeah. some money, you know. Yeah, it's thing. it's and almost like that sense of 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 unconditional love and feeling that oh they you know there's because I I, I agree with you that often parents are just so stressed 
in terms of trying being in it. the world and and trying to just They're 30 you know, put and 40 food on, yeah put food on the table pay the bills get things you know responsibilities that they it's that's where we don't have the villages to raise children but the I do think it's interesting about aging and we can raise idiots right <laughs> the village right. <laughs> but 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 aging is 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 hopefully changing where you know it becomes something that is celebrated from a, a healthy standpoint rather than feared or rather than, you know, um, basically suffocated or, you know, rejected. So right. it's, it's, it's that discomfort that we, we do have around aging. And of course, you know, as you said in a couple of shows that everyone is going to die at some point, it's hard everyone. to accept that. It's very hard to accept that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but not everything, everything on this planet dies. Yes. My, Maybe we come back. I don't know, but I, you know, f- for some reason, our our mind can't wrap around that. Yeah, you know, yeah. and so death has probably got the biggest stigma, followed by loneliness. I agree. So, people, what are some things? Sorry, Gordon, to interrupt you. No, I was going to say, people who feel lonely have to talk about it. Yep. Men are the last. Men will not talk about it. We we drink beer about it. When our moms die, we go out with the guys. And to deal with our grief, we drink it, you know. Right. Uh, no, or it's game changing. it, gaming, it's gaming, or anything game. else, yeah. right? You know, yeah. like that. Again, it's that compensatory behavior, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a behavior that takes us away from, you know. And I think there's a lot of shame here around, Huge you shame. know. I don't want to share and say that I'm lonely. No, you know. No, I think I mean, that that's hard because it's the stigma is steeped in the shame. Yeah. So it's like you know, there's a you know. Gonna have Bob come for dinner, all right, on on Sunday. You know, he's he's pretty lonely these days. Oh God, is he that dull? He's lonely. To, what, he can't make it any of his right, friends. Right, right, right. There's this whole dialogue that goes on. Even if it's unspoken, we know what the dialogue is. You know, so we don't want people to talk about us that way. So we are very, you know, very clear about not stating that I'm feeling really lonely these days. Yeah, yeah. You know? Because it's like, oh, my God, what are they going to think? Well, he certainly doesn't have his shit together. Right. You know, I, exactly. And it's, it, it yeah. becomes that feeling of, um, you know, there's no, it's, it's like helpless. And I, and I think that's another piece where it's how do we accept, how do we receive? And that's why I love, you know, things like meditation. and, and uh, But meditation in itself has to, you still have to, work with what's around you environment and and becoming more sensate so feeling the wind and noticing you know birds and noticing the sun or the moon this can be very restorative but again it's different from connection with people or animals directly and because not all people can can be in that place of just being present as we know right no just absolutely being able to uh, is that whole thread of, of being rejected you know, and sometimes you don't want to connect with people where you're like, I don't, these people are not very kind or not no, very nice. And very I don't want to, or, yeah. You know. Then it's but like, that's, I, that's, that's, that's that, again, that's that cyclical, circular, cyclical <laughs> pieces going on here that because I am afraid of being rejected, so therefore I don't talk to people, therefore I feel more, you know, lonely, therefore, you know, and it keeps going around and around, and it's it's, uh, and I think you know, we we can help people, but p- uh, people have to be able to help themselves. Yes, and that's exactly and that's reach why. Out. 
Oh, know? absolutely. I Reach think, out. You know, the kindest thing that we can do is if we know people are alone, and they talked about this in the early part of the pandemic, you know, uh, is that we we need to be able to reach out to them and say, hey, I'm going to the store. Would you like something? You know, because yeah. they're older or whatever. We don't do that. Well, and I, th- I think the, the right now, too, in the pandemic, it's been very hard for people to express their fear or their beliefs or because there's just so much pressure from all over the place. And there's a lot of bullying behavior. There's a lot of, you know, attacks happening. Look at the attacks on um, in Vancouver that had happened. Remember, 650 um, Asian people were attacked uh, when crazy. all it's and this is to me, this is not self-regulation. It's that's this just shows the inability for self-regulation, which is why the compensatory behaviors come out. Because if people are attacking each other, then we're in mayhem, you know, we're and so oh, unconscious. Absolutely. So unconscious. So hopefully this will this will as we talk about it, Gord, people will be like, Hey, it's actually okay to feel lonely sometimes. And, and it's okay if it's, to talk about it. It is. You know, it really is. That you know, you bring up a really important point, that whole thing of, you know, dysregulation. That the more, you know, the more lonely, the more depressed, the more anxious, the more angry, the more dysregulation, it just totally takes over. It you know? totally takes over. The mayhem's inside of ourselves. Yes. It's our own, it's our own chaos, yes. you know. But yeah. again, anything that can't come out directly comes out sideways. Very true. Very so true. So if I can't tell you I'm angry at you, then I slam things and bang things until you yeah. go, Are you, what's going on? Are you okay? Right. right. There's nothing wrong. Right. Okay, your tone of voice tells me, you know, I mean, it's like, we call it passive aggressive, but yes. it's really, uh, uh, it's the only way that energy can discharge. It's, it's well, and I think sometimes sideways. people are, are feeling it and they, they don't know what they're upset about. That's very true. Yeah. You know, they just, they go, I don't know, but I don't feel whatever, they can't verbalize it. And I think that that's generally sometimes what happens for men. Not always, but you know, hard to verbalize their emotions or their feelings. Yes, absolutely. And it's, there are now more and more women that are getting like... like Definitely. Too. More women it's to very everyone. unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Very unfortunate. You know, we thought when we opened the door for you guys that you'd at least bring the feelings with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the... the I think it's the masculine energy of the world that starts to eventually, you know, shift. And the feminine is still rising, right? Still rising. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's still got a ways to yeah. go. Yeah, it's exactly. still got a ways to go, you know. So next week, though, here's a very cool thing that we could do. Drumming. Yes. We're going to add some rhythm to this show next week. We sure uh, are. We have uh, uh, Doug Soul, who is the owner of Soul Drums uh, here in Toronto. And he's, he's an international drummer, facilitator, uh, rhythm man. And uh, he's going to come and, you know, uh, talk all about sort of the spiritual nature of rhythm and, you know, and, and how it expresses our soul. Beautiful. And he's very in touch with that. Very, yep. very in touch with that. He sure is. So I'm looking really forward to him being here. Me too. So, Me too. Anyways, that's the end of our show. We'll see you next week. We'll be back here uh, Thursday at 8 p.m. with Mr. Good Dixon. night, everyone. Good night. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 